Hello to the Family of Virtues listeners. I'm so excited to present the next two episodes for you. It was my absolute honor to have the privilege of speaking with co-founder of the Virtues Project, Linda Kavlin Popov. Our conversation was so rich in gems that I had to divide it into two parts. You are listening to the first of the two-part series. This episode discusses the Virtues Project, some interesting stories about its inception, and its relevance to our society today. We speak about many issues including discrimination and injustice, but at the same time, we also acknowledge that the world lives on hope. Next week, the episode will cover spiritual companioning, a much-needed process now more than ever. How we need to be present and listen with detachment and empathy with our loved ones. Linda beautifully goes through the strategy and guides us through simple to understand anecdotes. It is a transformational episode and I encourage that you all listen to it next week. So hang in there and let us be inspired. Here we go. My name is Linda Cavillin Popoff and welcome to Family of Virtues podcast. Thank you for joining me on the Family of Virtues podcast. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our listeners from all over the world who are tuning into these podcasts week in week out from over 20 different countries now. Your support and encouragement is invaluable to us. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. For more information, please head to familyofvirtues.com/rate. That's familyofvirtues.com/rate. Please leave us a review. Let us know how we're going. Please remember to subscribe to Family of Virtues on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribing allows you to get notified whenever new episodes launch, so it is really helpful. And lastly, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Family of Virtues. Today is a very special day for our podcast because we are speaking to none other than the co-founder of the Virtues Project, Linda Kavlin Popov. And before I get you to hear from her, I'm going to try as best as possible to do justice to what is a very colorful career. Linda is a co-founder of the Virtues Project as we all know, it's a global initiative. It is now in 120 countries. It's what inspires a lot of our listeners, parents and educators alike. She was honored by the United Nations as a model global program for families of all cultures. She was named a cultural creative by Time magazine and served in the Boys and Girls Clubs of America National Think Tank on character. She was also a psychotherapist specializing in suicide prevention and intervention with youth and adults and served as a spiritual care director for hospice. Linda is the author of 7 books including the bestseller The Family Virtues Guide and of course The Virtues Cards which on this podcast we reflect on week in and week out. She has appeared on Oprah and many other television shows including a national documentary series in Canada entitled Virtues of Family Affair. She has recently co-authored a blog A Whole New World 7 Virtues for the Great Reset. And you can find that on our website, lindacavalinpopov.com or virtuesmatter.com. Linda has been a featured conference speaker at the invitation of spiritual leaders such as His Holiness the Dalai Lama and the Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and has devoted her life to serving humanity as a catalyst for positive change. After traveling the globe with her husband Dan, 
Speaking on personal and global transformations for more than two decades, she is now living on the Hawaiian Islands. Linda, what an absolute honor to have you on our show. Welcome. Well, bless you, Richard. I feel very welcomed indeed. Uh, you know, Linda, this is a relatively young podcast, and there was kindness on the parts of some of our common friends um, who connected us together. Yeah, and that's someone, right. yeah, and someone of your stature has spoken at so many with so many dignified personalities around the world. I truly am humbled that you continue to remain committed, not just to the Virtues Project, but to also people like me and many others who are just trying to reach out and do whatever we can to help. My deep appreciation to you. Well, Richard, I really appreciate this uh, initiative of yours because anyone that is reaching parents, to me, that's the most important job on earth. And if the Virtues Project and the Virtues can support them to bring out the best in their children, I'm delighted by the service that you're offering. So it's my pleasure and privilege to do this. Thank you. I'm, I'm truly humbled and, you know, for your kindness, Linda. And Linda, before we get on today, I'd, I'd like to take us a little bit back a few years. Now, many of us have heard the story of how the Virtues Project was conceived over a discussion during a meal and how the moral and ethical compass of the world was in disarray at that time. And I know how many years went past with the studying of scriptures and the amount of work that went in to creating, you know, what it is today. There was rising cases of anxiety, depression, and suicide. We fast forward decades later. The situation or circumstances may be different, but the situation kind of remains the same. And I just wanted to sort of tap into your wisdom on what is your opinion of where we are as, where we are at as a human race? Well, if you had asked me that question four months ago, I would have a very different answer, Richard. But mm. today, with the coming of a pandemic raging across the world, with a um, profound revolution having to do with human rights, mm. with an economic collapse, with hunger, a very great danger and experience for, for many families around the world, we find ourselves at a time of crisis. Mm. And it used to be said that crisis and opportunity go together. And I know Winston Churchill said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. And I honestly am one of those people that believes that this is a huge turning point potentially, for all of humanity, because mm. we will never get back to normal as we have known it. Mm. And the question is, are we willing to build something new? Mm. And I believe that this is a perfect time for us to make changes in our personal lives, in the way we live, the way we earn our livelihoods, mm. and the way we treat all the people on earth, because if we don't recognize the oneness of humanity now, mm. we are going to have more and more spread of the COVID. We're going to have more and more financial failure, and there will be more and more misery. But there are many, many people that are rising up and saying, let us take this moment to mm. pivot. Let us take this moment to change. 
and they all talk about the virtues. Right. Unity, compassion, empathy, equity, all of these things that, you know, this is a chance for us to dream again and say, mm. what do we want this world to be? Part mm. of that is to save this planet, which is basically on hospice at the moment, mm. from all the destruction that we have created, all the exploitation. And that is something that we've got to really reconsider. We've got to think quickly, how are we going to turn that around? So mm. I am mostly very hopeful, despite the fact that there is so much suffering. I feel like we could turn the world around. We could have a whole new world. Yeah, and and the world lives on hope, you know, doesn't it? I, yes. Yeah, I I know that you've uh, co-authored that blog as well, um, the Seven Virtues for the Great Reset. And yes. I realized that when speaking with friends and and a lot of parents, I mean, this podcast has also just emerged out of a sense of purposefulness and and maybe that creative. Um, that creativity in me that just wanted to get out and maybe influence things, you know, for the better or yes. try and bring some positive change. And there are many people who are trying to reconsider their lives, their relationships, um, and hopefully bring a positive spin to it. But it all starts with the children. And I know you've said this several times. It all starts with children. Simple yes. things like honesty, integrity, and even now with the world the way it's going and, and what our children are exposed to with mindfulness and knowing how to respond rather than react to situations with peacefulness. Yeah. So what is your take on that with parents and having these children at home when it all starts with them and we're going to be with them for such extended periods of time? Um, what is your opinion on what parents need to be doing at this time? Well, I think it's a big challenge for, for parents who are used to having a place to go out to work or at least mm. having some peace in the house while the children are off at school. And now mm -hmm. they're together all the time. So I know that they definitely need to have some clear boundaries about mm. how do they spend their time together every day. So children do very well with routines. Right. And if, if parents can plan and the family can sit together and plan, including tapping the wisdom of the little ones, and mm -hmm. say, how do we want to balance our work, our learning, our play, our chores? How can we share the responsibility? That's an mm. opportunity to change the family dynamic. That's right. If, if mom has been doing everything, it's time for her to let it go and mm. welcome other people to take responsibility. You know, um, th there's also an, a very important aspect of life that this time together allows us, and that is to have a family routine of reverence. I know that Dara right. Feldman was recently talking about that in one of your podcasts, right? or two of them, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and children are natural mystics. They mm. love things to do with, they feel like, it's special. It's mm. sacred. Uh, children love to do virtues picks and see yeah. what is the virtue that comes out of the bag today and how can we, what will that look like and sound like if each of us practices it? Mm -hmm. um, you know, another thing, Richard, it's very important for parents to spend some time, which they haven't had the mm. luxury of doing until now, with all the busy, 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 go, 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 
to actually yeah. sit down and be fully present to their children. That's right. Yes. Especially when the children want to play. Mm. You, you know how when you're with your child and you go out to the playground or to the beach, they're constantly saying, watch me, daddy, watch me, watch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they want your full attention. And yeah. so actually watching them, mm. whether it's a two-year-old on the floor playing with a truck and mm. saying, look at you, make the truck go. There goes the truck, room, room, room. You're companioning mm. the child. You're being totally with them. And that is a huge boost for mental health. Yeah. We yeah. all we need speak. someone to be with us, actually. Absolutely. And you, we, we speak about kids all the time and, and, and their social media use and, and you know, tech yeah. and gadgets. But parents are, are, are as guilty um, I see a lot of parents, you know, oh, yes. a lot of adults that are basically on it. And it reminds me, um, you know, we, we all know, you know, these pictures uh, that we've seen in restaurants where, where a child is sitting on their own and it's really sad, but you've got two or three other people um, who are on devices and, and the child's on a device as well. But I, on, on, on a humorous note, I was re recently watching, I can't remember which show it was, and this this parent um, this 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 uh, woman who had been trying for years to get a child was obviously so upset when she looked across the park and on the bench there was a man who was on his device and and his kids were playing in front of him and she was so upset because she really wanted that experience for herself and she saw how negligent that man was being and not being present as you were saying so yes. she darts towards that guy and takes his phone and in frustration just throws it into the lake. Um, <laughs> and only for that man to say that these are not my kids. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the, the reason why I'm saying that is sometimes we don't appreciate what we have. I mean, when we look at it from, yeah. from that, that woman's point of view, had, had this situation actually been true, she's saying that, I want what you have and I can't have it. Yes. And when we actually have it, we don't appreciate it or give it our full, had, had the children, of course, been of, 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 of that father. Um, we don't give it our full intention. I just wanted to say that I have actually seen parents who give their child a special privilege of taking them out for lunch and then they sit there on their device and ignore the child completely. I've watched them the whole lunchtime. And yeah. it was all I could do not to get up and throw their phone in the lake because right. this child looks so sad and so lonely. So we've got to really set some boundaries about using electronic devices, whether it's Absolutely. in our marriages or with our children mm. or with God. You know, we have to mm. put them away and actually be fully present in our body, in our awareness, and in our mindfulness to each other but children Absolutely. are exquisitely sensitive to that right when we've spoken about all of this linda i guess my my next question is is there really hope i know i said the world lives on hope and i'm contradicting myself or are we within our own parameters just happy to do our bit you know we we are trying to make sure that our children and our community is as positively influenced as possible the work that you've done, of course, has cast a much larger, a larger, a much larger fishing net than a lot of people, you know, would ever have the privilege to do so. 
Mm-hmm. Because if we if we look at history and, and the nature of man in general, even though we are all born with virtues in potential, a lot of us don't realize it. The desire, greed, anger, lust, ego, they have always been there and they always will, won't it? I think they will, but I think that as we evolve as the human race, we may well find ourselves allowing the spiritual aspects of our, our being, our mm. first nature, to mm. to evolve and become the full people that we're meant to be. Mm. What I find with, with children and with families, I think the hope is in mm. how we respond to the crises that are going on. Mm. Let your child help you to find a place of service for the community around you. Mm. If people are lonely, visit them on the phone or visit them online, mm. using that device for something that reaches out to people. Um, I know a family where they decided to make masks for all the first responders and the right. healthcare workers, and the children got right into it and wanted to to be part of that. I remember when my children were very little, my mm. um, my older son was about two and a half, and I was working with a community nearby that were quite poor. And I was quite poor at the time as well. We had very little. Mm. We were scraping by each month. Mm. But a woman called me and said, I've run out of food and my welfare check isn't due for another two months or yeah. another two weeks, sorry. And I started to, I said, I will give you half of what we have. So mm. I got out a box and I started putting things in the box. And my little boy said to me, Mommy, what are you doing? I said, there's a hungry family. They have a baby mm. and they don't have any food. So mm. I'm going to share half of what we have. And he took out his beloved peanut butter. That's all he would eat at that stage. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and he said, Mommy, give half my ba." Mm. That's what he called it. Mm. And I, I pretended to give him, I mean, it was really full of his germs and everything. But I said, yeah. you know, Chris, that's a very kind thing for you to do. And he just Absolutely. shook his head up and down. You know, they learn from watching us. And yeah. I think the hope is in discovering what each of us can do mm. to make a change and to be the change, as Gandhi said. Be the change mm. you wish to see in the world and invite your children to be part of that. Sit and talk to them. What would mm. you like to do to help people while this is going on? Who do mm. you know that's lonely and would like to hear from you? What can we make or what can we do? So some children are writing cards for mm. nurses and doctors and putting them up on their, on their social media. You know, if we're mm-hmm. going to use it, let's use it for something good. Absolutely. So I think that the hope is in each of us really focusing on what is the change that I would like to see in this world and what mm-hmm. part can I play given my age, given my capacity, and given my resources mm-hmm. to help other people in my village, in my community, and in the world. Really powerful. Thank you for sharing that 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 story as well, Linda. You're um, welcome. You know that definitely your ch- uh, children get to learn so much from 
uh, acts of service. They they yes. they get to when when we have conversations with them, they understand empathy and how to put themselves in other people's shoes. And you're right that modeling is so important. Mm-hmm. Linda, if you were sitting across the table with people in positions of power, ones with the ability to make a change, you know, in the education system, what would you say to them? I would say to them that we have to mm. build in a new equity in the education system so that mm. all children start with a good education. Mm. Um in countries where they they charge fees I know there's reasons why they do that but somehow education has to be accessible to every child. Right. And I would say that particular attention needs to be paid to the areas of poverty. If we want to reduce the incarceration rate say for example in the United States, then improve mm. the education, improve job opportunities and make sure that everyone has a living wage. Mm. We've got to turn more toward what some people are afraid of, which is more of a socialistic attitude. Mm. But we we cannot allow people in our communities to die of hunger, continue dying of disease. There's such a disproportionate number of people of African descent that are contracting COVID as well mm. as people Latinas and Latinos. Mm. And why is that? because their housing is very substandard in mm. the inner cities especially so we've got to pay attention to the basic social needs of our people housing mm. education livelihood mm. and one of the things that that I've been thinking about is what happened during the depression when mm. uh, the american president franklin roosevelt started the youth corps and he started um the all these initiatives the conservation corps and he started initiatives that brought hundreds of thousands of people back to work while they built new infrastructure and new things that the country actually needed mm. well our countries need new things all the time mm. so let's do that again but i yeah. would say to them if you do not recognize the oneness and wholeness of the human race mm. which is actually literally one race with many iterations that have been adapted over over the centuries mm. we are one race we are one people and this is one planet i would mm. also you really put me on a soapbox here richard because <laughs> sorry i i feel a lot of passion about these things right and that we have got to um co- really have solidarity mm. collective wisdom to find solutions medically to to fix the environment we've mm. got to put our best and brightest minds together and mm. get rid of all these divisions that dilute the intelligence of humanity and we need to empower ourselves to work together in unity mm. to find solutions it's to me it's the only answer I, i really can sense your idealism linda when i asked about hope and and you said that you know there is a realization that as we evolve that everybody realizes who they are and are more sp- sort of spiritually awakened mm-hmm. so 
whether I live to see the day or not, I don't know. But I really do hope that as human beings, all of us evolve to realize the unity within all of us. I think that's really, really important. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Remember, join us again next week for that transformational episode. We're still going to be sitting with Linda Kavlin-Popov, and we're going to be talking about spiritual companioning, that strategy that is so needed in families, especially in today's times. So don't forget to tune in next week. And until that time, God bless us all.